Hello fellow historians, welcome back to our podcast of Ancient Sparta. Today, for our fifth episode, we'll be discovering the intricacies of the Spartan Agogi, from the reasons for the Spartans' willingness to die in battle, to the homosexual relationships between boys that were present in the Agogi, and yes, I'm serious. Okay, so what is the Agogi, you ask? The Agogi was a Spartan education system that taught young boys necessary Spartan qualities. These teachings included mental training. This training would make them obedient, disciplined, and courageous for the state to use as warriors. However, it also assisted them in all walks of life, such as keeping their bodies clean for their standard of living, and also to live on rations to prepare them for life on the road. However, they were encouraged to steal food, but if they were caught, they were heavily punished and would have reduced rations during this time. They also did physical training, which was used to make the boys tough and to survive in rough terrain. Through historians of the time, we can see that the training was to make them into perfect warriors, as can be seen in the quote by Xenophon. It is obvious that the whole of this education tended, and was intended, to make the boys craftier and more inventive in getting supplies while at the same time it cultivated their warlike instincts. Xenophon. The boys would also be taught how to fight in a phalanx formation and other military strategies. This was done to toughen them up and prepare them for battle. We can also use Plutarch as a source on telling us that training was mentally tough on the boys through this quote. It broke in boys, like horses are broken in wild colts. Plutarch. Colts are young male horses, by the way. This shows not just the training was physically tough, but it was also mentally tough, as they were trained like horses to only be used as a state's benefit and were demanded to be obedient and excel expectations. This sort of attitude can be seen from the historians at the time, most notably from Herodotus, who said, The army seemed to be victorious or die. Herodotus. This shows the Spartans' willingness to die for their beliefs and country, and emphasizes their bravery on the battlefield. Okay, so you may ask, how did the Ugoi work? Well, the babies would be taken and judged by the ephors after birth to make sure the child was healthy, and if they were not healthy, they would be left at the top of the cliffside, as feeding them would be a waste of their resources. However, if they were healthy, they would live with their mother, being fed the bare minimum to make them tough. They were left in a dark room if they cried to make them dependent on themselves. At the age of seven, boys would be taken from their mother by the state and brought to the Agogi. The boys were then told to forget their parents and make the boys at the Agogi their family, to allow them to train more efficiently and socialize with other boys as a way of keeping them in line. This method of keeping boys in line is outlined by Plutarch from the time and Cartledge, who is a modern historian. There was a sense in which everyone regarded himself as father, tutor, and commander of each boy. As a result, everywhere, on all occasions, there would be someone to reprimand and punish the boy who slipped up. Plutarch. They were encouraged to break their ties with their own family, and considered all Spartans, their father's age, to be loco parentis.
cartilage. These show that the view of parents was of no importance to them, and they were drilled that they must fight with bravery. This strengthened the views of being a soldier that each boy was brought up with from birth. During this time, the type of training they underwent was minimal in terms of reading and writing, and was primarily physical, but also included vocal and instrumental music, and also included poetic chants and dances. They also did training in boxing, wrestling, javelin, and discus. An extremely weird tradition that they undertook included exercising naked with no bathing allowed, and were forced to have a haircut short and were given a single tunic to wear for the entire year. They also were forced to walk around barefoot, which helped strengthen the boys' feet to get them used to living a hard life. When the boys got older, around 13 years of age, they had their training become more advanced and were held under a stricter code of behaviour. At the, this age, the adolescent boys were given a cloak called a himation to signify their age and were told to not make eye contact with anyone and keep their hands in their cloak. This may have been done to keep the boys in line and prevent them from being cocky during this time. They were given a tutor called Arrestors. These tutors were older boys between the age of 20 and 30 years of age. This relationship was known as a pedestry, being often a sexual relationship between the boys. The behavior of the younger boy, Aaron Moy, reflected directly onto the older boy, and any behavior by the younger boy that was considered bad by Spartan rules would result in the older boy being punished for not teaching the boy correctly. This can be seen by modern historian Cartledge saying, <laughs> After the age of 12, every Spartan teenager was expected to receive a young adult warrior as his lover. The senior was known as the inspirer, and the junior as the hero. The relationship was probably usually sexual, but sex was by no means the only or even always the major object. It was not the youth himself who was punished for the breach of the Spartan Code. The punishment fell on the youth's older lover for having failed to educate his beloved properly. Cartledge During this age, the boys took place in many different religious festivals to prove their abilities as a young soldier in training. One of these was during the festival of Artemis or Thea, where they would attempt to steal cheese from the altar, and would run the gauntlet to the altar. This was a test of the boys' endurance, and it was thought that many would have died during this festival. Our main accounts of this festival are from Pausanias and from Xenophon. Unfortunately, I can't find their comments about this festival, but from my extensive research, it appears that the two accounts differ slightly about the cheese race, so we can't be clear to the truth of these events. These boys were encouraged to steal, as they had very little rations. This meant that the boys were nearly forced to take what they could. However, if the boys were caught, they would be punished by their mentors and would have their rations reduced. This was to teach the boys they need to be stealthy to survive in the rigorous Spartan society. Supporting evidence for this way of life is from our man, Plutarch, saying, man. 
the boys steal whatever provisions they can, thereby learning how to pounce skillfully upon those who are asleep or keeping guard carelessly. A boy is beaten and goes hungry if he is caught. The care which the boy takes over their stealing is illustrated by the story of one of who had stolen a fox cub and had it concealed inside his cloak. In order to escape detection, he was prepared to have his insides chewed and bitten out by the animal, and even die. Plutarch. When the boys got older, becoming men of the age between 18 and 20 years of age, these men were able to become errands. If they were chosen, they would put in charge of a group of younger boys. His duty was to teach the boys discipline and how to become a perfect Spartan warrior. Their duties also consisted of making sure the boys were beaten if they disobeyed the Spartan code. This is supported by writings from Joshua Ober. Each herd was ran by the older boys who were mandated to whip the younger boys into shape. Ober. These men would also be able to join the Sisistia, which was a mess hall of around 20 men. These halls consisted of men who were between the age of 20 to 60 years old. Another benefit of being a Spartan this age was being allowed to grow his hair out. He was also eligible to join the Cryptia, which was an elite group of Spartan boys who had been excelling in their learning. Spartans who were a part of the Cryptia had the duty to kill helots who had strong physiques. This was done as a way to keep the helots from rebelling and was made legal every year as the ephors declared war on them. Supporting evidence for this role of the Cryptia is seen the statement by Plutarch. Frequently, they made their way through the fields, killing helots who stood out for their physique and strength. Plutarch. Men who finished the agogi were between the ages of 20 and 24 years of age. After they graduate, they have a symbolic ball game at the city's theatre. When they reach this age, they are considered combatants. However, they are not frontline soldiers yet and will have to earn that title. At this age, Spartan men are able to join the King's Guard, which are made up of 300 of the finest young warriors who are chosen once every year. These men are now able to be married to a woman, but will still be required to live in the barracks. These men are also encouraged to choose a younger lover, Heronmoy and would be responsible for teaching the boys Spartan values and would be punished if his Aronmoy broke any of the Spartan codes he had to adhere to. As you can see, Spartan Agogi is very intricate. Even though we don't have many reliable sources from the time, this is likely how most of the Agogi was run and follows the limited sources that we have. I hope that you viewers enjoyed this episode of our history podcast, and most importantly, learnt a lot about the Agogi. And on the basis of the Spartan army was formed out of young men who went through 24 years of gruelling training to survive and fight for their city. Mm-hmm.